0: Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Friday edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on the Foxhole app and the Twitches, and most likely other nether regions of the internet. Uh, Good to be here, guys. We have a pretty good show lined up for you. Um, We're going to do a few headlines, of course, revolving around uh, what's going on over in Maricopa County now. (laughs) There is a lot of stuff happening over in Maricopa County, so we'll see how that goes as it turns out. And then also, uh, we will have um, City Council District 9 um, runoff challenger Patrick Von Dolan on the program a little bit later on, uh, so we can pick his brain a little bit about what is going on with this runoff competition and the challenges that he may face as we move to try and get him elected as a conservative on the City Council of San Antonio, and uh, basically to uh, hold them accountable, um, and also to have some more accountability for what is going on out there, or I should say rather around here in the city of San Antonio. So we'll see where that conversation takes us. He'll be joining us a little bit later this afternoon, so we look forward to speaking with Patrick and, uh, and seeing what is on his mind and how we can help. In the meantime, before we get started on today's, um, episode, let's go ahead and do a quick chat recap from, uh, la- yesterday's episode. We had a bunch of friends hanging out in the old foxhole app chat recap, popcorn17, cloud watcher. We also had, uh, freedom's not free, Tracy Lee555, uh, P34V3Y Micah. <laughs> That one's sometimes hard to read. Just Five, The Texan, D Patriot 1776, La Regina, New York, Florida. Great to see a lot of you. I won't be able to get through all of the names so we can see what some of the comments we had. They are so scared of President Trump, Tracy Lee 555 said, and uh, that was in reference to them wanting to put him behind bars and actually the indictments that they're hoping to serve him, but I guess we'll see how that pines out because really, I mean, sometimes they just throw this stuff in the headlines to kind of smear and uh, give give a very bad look towards, uh, you know, kind of projecting out negatively on that. So I can see how that is. Uh, let's see here. We also had some um, uh, comments in regards to the oil uh, well, it's not a shortage, right? I mean, it was the pipeline that went down. Red Ant says we were self-sustaining. We became a world provider of oil under Trump. That, in fact, we did. Um, and and uh, Trump, President Trump, was able to show Americans that America could indeed sustain itself when it came to uh, when it came to um, uh, uh, having our own energy and resources. We don't need to import from other countries, uh, and, and we don't need to export our oil to other countries just to buy it back. I think that's something that's coming down the pipeline, um, and that's uh, pun intended. You know, uh, I had read a, a brief article uh, regarding uh, the Chinese, um, I guess the CCP, uh, Chinese uh, oil companies, uh, one of them in particular, actually had leasing agreements with the pipeline that went down uh, so that, uh, I'm not going to bring you their seats on this episode. I'll probably try and bring it to you on Monday. Again, that is coming down the pipeline and I just can't help it. Sometimes I like to play with puns. Uh, just five says, or just V says, how can we have problems with gas when just six months ago we were the world's biggest exporter of oil? So quite frankly, no pun intended on that one. <laughs> uh, you can see that, uh, even we recognize that, you know, same thing as them saying if a pipeline can get hacked, what makes you think an election can't get hacked? Well, we'll get into that a little bit in just a bit. Uh, let's see here what else we got. In the, um, <laughs> in the chat for yesterday, we had, uh, we had quite a few comments. Um, let's see. Nobody in my area has had any trouble buying gas, and I have seen no lines. I'm a New Z. That was from Patriot 1776 Hey, DPatriot1776, I'm sorry we voted to get rid of your state on Q&A, Holst, the other night. <laughs> I had no idea we had New Jersey fans in here or our family in here. But anyhow, <laughs> that was fun. Um, uh, Red Ant, as if Hobbs isn't partisan. We're talking about Katie Hobbs. All oh, that woman. She is something else. I tell you what, I feel like she's like, I don't know, I, I, mean, I wouldn't say reptilian, but she reminds me of like the aliens from uh, Mars attacks, especially when she was uh, running away from that one reporter, um, you know, those uh, stubby little legs on that, those tiny little stiletto hills, and she's just like moving as quickly as she can, probably chewing gum of nitrogen so this way she can breathe, right? Anyways, let's see what else we had in the chat. Red pill, red pill, red pills. Hobbs is a dope. Yes, Miss Cloud Watcher, I would have to agree with that. Two eighty nine per gallon. The Patriot seventeen seventy six says, um, "Wow, you know, in Texas, the price of gas doesn't quite get that high, but I know it's increased over a dollar since President Trump uh, was in office." Um, optically speaking, anyways, and uh, man, I, I tell you what, if it gets if it gets into the four or five dollar mark, we're like everyone will probably be in an uproar because Texans ain't used to paying uh, West Coast and East Coast prices for their gas. Although it does remind me of when uh, I think one of the hurricanes that struck a few years ago, um, they actually tried to pr- price gouge Texans. Uh, you had outfits like even like Walmart who were charging like upwards of five or six dollars. Um, Per gallon, and they were summarily reprimanded by the state of Texas. um, And anyone who was seen doing that, well, they would be in trouble with the law. So they weren't able to get away with that for long. Fraud through entire electronic voter roll and adjudication count erased. They have the ballots, though. That's Tam Garel making that statement. Yes, uh, as it was discovered, you know, a lot of the voter rolls, a lot of the um, the data that was on the machines that was supposed to have been saved um, um, has gone amiss, and something tells me it was not done on accident. Uh, but but uh, the uh, the verbiage of some of the um, leaders down there in Maricopa County like Ken Bennett, for example, um, is still um, holding to the fact that nothing criminal has been uh, found well, I shouldn't say found, has been declared, has been has been proven. Proven is a better word, right? Um, uh, but we're, they're still playing it by ear. And that's why I think basically they're going to go and have the Senate hearing with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors um, uh, because they need to answer these questions. Indeed, this is turning into a firestorm in Arizona. What an exciting time to be an Arizonan, uh, to be on the front lines of, of what could be a major turnover for the elections uh, um, and we'll see how they handle that. You know, we'll see exactly how they handle that. Um, I would hope those machine drives were copied at the block level, which could help recover deleted logs. That's so say Ray Ross. Hey, Ray Ross. That's the first time I've seen you in chat. How's it going, buddy? Uh, and yes, you know, and that's the thing about it is there are a lot of ta- uh, tech savvy people, um, especially here in the Foxhole app. I'm not too tech savvy myself. And and is my hope that if we know these things, that others know these things, and uh, this way they could uh, handle that accordingly, and go ahead and get into it. Red Ant, no chain of custody means the ballots aren't even legal technically. Absolutely, and we're still finding that there's that there is no chain of custody, um, which basically would render the entire election null and void, uh, and, and it would mean that a Secretary of State Katie Schnobbs. Uh, basically has illegally certified this election just like they did in Georgia with no chain of custody, you know, and it's like, how do they get away with this? Well, I don't know. It is my hope that they won't get away with it for too much longer. And that would be because, after all, it's pretty obvious and glaring to everybody what's going on. And again, while the mainstream media and the GOP themselves are not covering any of this information, right, um, it is, it is, uh, I think the independents that are bringing it to the forefront. We know, um, the Gateway Pundit really has led, uh, the cause in this. It's ensuring that there's total coverage. We need total coverage. And that is what the Hoff brothers are doing over there at the Gateway Pundit. Uh, slowly thereafter, I saw, um, I saw the Epoch Times, Epic Times, I like to say. Um, we saw the Epoch Times, uh, picking up the gavel. And then, uh, we also have, um, just the news um, uh, over there, um, John Solomon, I see that they've been doing some work on this as well. So we're trying to keep all of this information flowing and together, um, and bring it, bringing it to you guys, because this is, this is like, to me, this is pretty, I mean, this is right up there with like, you know, uh, um, doing coverage of elections and campaigns and stuff like that. Like this is a crazy game that we're seeing. It is quite intense and, um, Uh, it's it's crazy because it's one of those things that every day something new is coming out, something is changing, uh, uh, news is being broken on it, um, and hopefully we'll break the back of those people who have been uh, uh, ruling over with maximum dominion, pun intended, um, um, over our elections. All of it's coming out, guys. It's all coming out. Red Ant, Texas used to be a big oil producer, but now the green energy ruined them Remember that winter storm a couple of months ago? Indeed I do. Indeed I do. I mean, I live on a protected grid, so I didn't feel the impact of it. But I know several people and of course, like basically the entire state that suffered through that. Um, And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to come. Uh, I don't know what um, uh, Patrick Von Dolan might know about that in regards to San Antonio specifically. But there is something amiss, and uh, I'm still digging around on that involving CPS Energy Board and Mayor Nuremberg, who was just reelected to a third term here in San Antonio. Um, but we'll see how that goes, because uh, we'll, we'll have to go at them from another angle, since uh, the, the vast majority of San Antonio is underinformed or asleep when it comes to uh, city municipal elections. All right, guys, let's see what else. Let me go just run down a little bit more to see if there's any other comments to bring to y'all's attention. Let's see. Uh, We have cheers for Candace Owens being a VP. Think she would do a great job. Would love to see how she is in office in like that official capacity. Uh, Better lately, treason. The punishment needs to suit the crime. So it's not repeated. I totally agree with you. And if you guys recall, uh, Trump had reinstated capital punishment, and then as soon as he was gone, they got rid of it again. And so uh, it's like, why are they afraid of capital punishment? I guess they're hoping that if uh, someone like Trump or, or Trump himself were to get back into office, that uh, they would be able to live out their lives wherever they are until that person's out of office and then they're pardoned or released or forgiven. They probably say they were political prisoners, right? Um, under some tyrant or some dictator. Um, But the way the game is being played right now, it definitely seems that uh, they won't be able to use that because uh, they've totally separated the tyrant, right, from the politics. And uh, that's basically how it is. Uh, Tam Gural says Pennsylvania is known as a Keystone State. That, yeah, it is the Keystone State. So who knows? Maybe after Arizona goes up, uh, Pennsylvania will be next because don't forget, Pennsylvania has signed petitions uh, they had way more than enough uh, uh, signatures to go ahead and start moving forward on that. Now we just have to see if their corrupt legislature will follow suit. So, yes, that's a lot of interesting stuff there. Hundreds of millions of Zucker, uh, Zuckerbucks. <laughs> Zuckerbucks. Yep. Yep. He's got his money everywhere, guys. And uh, I guess when they couldn't use the Federal Reserve as their ATM machine for all of these things, yep, they had to rely on private money. And uh, now we're seeing where that money goes, where that money flows. And uh, we'll see how that goes, right? We will see how that goes. Okay, gosh, there's a whole slew of other comments. I'm sorry, I won't be able to get to all of them today. But uh, we'll go ahead and get back on the bandwagon. Okay, so now we know here, let's see what's up. We have, um, we have, uh, yeah, Trump leads here at the Sea Report. Never forget it. Let me go ahead and expand. There we go. That's more appropriate, I think. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Let's go ahead and start with, uh, we had several statements released by Trump, uh, and we'll go ahead and start with this one. It says, it is incredible that because of the vaccines which I and my administration came up with years ahead of schedule, despite the fact that everybody, including Fauci, said it would never happen, that we no longer need masks, and yet our names are not even mentioned in what everybody's calling the modern-day miracle of the vaccines. Without the vaccines, this would have been in for another 1917 Spanish flu, uh, where up to 100 million people died because of the vaccines we pushed and developed in record time. Nothing like that will be even close to happening. Just a mention, please, The Biden administration had zero to do with it. All they did was continue our plan of distribution, which was working well, right from the beginning. So, yeah, very interesting statement by President Trump. You know, I will take his statements on vaccines with a grain of salt, because absolutely, um, when you think about it, uh, you know, I mean, I, I am opposed. I mean, of course. The miracle of vaccine circa 1900, you know, was a great thing for getting rid of polio and getting rid of the mumps and the measles and whatever else, rubella, whatever, whatever, whatever else it was that they managed to uh, amend or fix with their creation. Uh, But then, of course, in more recent years, you know, when you get your flu shots and all that kind of thing, it's just uh, those are the type. Oh, you know, and then also the autistic uh, connection. Um, I used to get into it with people over the efficacy of vaccines, you know, and whether or not they were dangerous. And then eventually I just had to use the angle. Vaccines are okay. You just can't take 10 of them at one time if you're a baby that's just been born and hasn't developed, you know, any kind of uh, immune system um, because you're basically frying out their nerves. And uh, that seemed to actually work with most people. They're like, you're right, you're right. You can't be, you know, two weeks old and get like seven or eight shots, you know. Um, anyways, so uh, in that regard, you know, uh, we did cover the uh, we did cover the coronavirus vaccine and mRNA gene therapy shots that are being given to people the other day where we were finding out that there's a spiked protein in both of them. Um, and that is, in fact, what is leading to blood clots. So again, I'm going to take what President Trump says as a grain of salt. I don't think this makes him a vaccine peddler. Um, I would imagine that, uh, in my opinion, it's just to keep people from getting uh, their bodies into turning into COVID factories, which is what the mRNA vaccine seems to do. And the less of two evils uh, would actually be the actual vaccines, uh, which were made from adenovirus, but apparently they still contain those spike proteins. So I don't know what to think guys in that regard, but I know I'm not getting my jab and I wish all my loved ones, friends and America in the world wouldn't get it either, but we're going to have to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you guys want to feel about that. I mean, we could be saying something like, is this survival of the fittest? Are we going to finally give some credence to uh, Darwin, who I don't particularly agree with on all of his points, uh, if not many, but um, you know, uh, it just goes to show. Um, well, I was I was out at uh, the doctor's again today, running some errands and had some other places to go. Uh, we made a stop to the DMV today, and I tell you, everybody in there had a mask. Uh, I was probably in there for about a good hour and a half before I saw some people without masks. Interestingly enough, there were several employees walking around without masks. So I think that they were enjoying the freedom of working at a type of government job where they can't enforce it uh, because they didn't tell us anything about not wearing a mask when my sister and I walked in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's not going to be pushback at a government facility because after all, a state legislator, even though executive order it may have been, did go ahead and decree for us to stop using masks. And of course we won't have a vaccine passport to worry about either. Hey, the Grouch79, how's it going over there in the Twitchers? Good to see you, sir. Alrighty, let's go and get to our next Trump statement. Everyone is so tired of watching Carl Rove on Fox News. <laughs> he has played the game for decades, but all he and his buddies want to do is take your money and run. He's totally ineffective and does not represent the MAGA movement in any way, shape, or form. He called me on the evening of November 3rd, election night, to congratulate me on my great win. When it was revealed, the election was rigged and stolen. He flew the coop. Donate your money far more wisely at Donald J. Trump. Now, I could say a couple of things about this one. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Tiny Prancer. <laughs> Tiny Prancer, that's... a. Uh, that is uh, Ali Akbar slash Ali Alexander. Anyways, uh, I think this quote right here, uh, spend your money far more wisely at Donald J. Trump. Well, in addition, of course, to the GOP still trying to make money off of Donald Trump, uh, Tiny Prancer, a.k.a. Ali Akbar slash Ali Alexander, he actually, he actually stole, um, he, and I don't mean like, well i mean let's let's break this down a little bit he actually got involved with um what was it the uh the stop the steal and uh, he hijacked the women for trump campaign which was the stop the steal and he was having donations sent donations in the name of donald trump and stop the steal going directly to him and he'd set up an entire website, and I went to this website. I went to the the Women's for Trump website. There's actually affidavits that have been filed because uh, this guy Ali Alexander, Ali Akbar, Tiny Prancer, Carl Rove's uh, bed buddy. There, um, actually, uh, there's there's actual affidavits and proof that this happened. So definitely, I would say spend your money wisely if you want to support Donald J. Trump. Uh, maybe even maybe even his America First uh, packs and stuff like that would be more effective, but donaldjtrump.com. So this way you guys don't get ripped off and you're not fitting the bill for Ali Alexander and all his butt buddies, uh, to, to make trips to DC and, and to share stage it with people like General Flynn and Sidney Powell. And I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> Next statement. Okay. So apparently, uh, Elise Stefanik, uh, she was, um, uh, she was, um, elected, I guess, or chosen to be the replacement for, Liz Cheney, so rah rah boom boom, you know, good news there. We'll see how she does. Um, uh, I don't know. We'll 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 figure it out, guys. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out where she stands as we move along. And all we can do is be patient and uh, keep our eyes open. All right. And finally, here we got uh, a devastating letter written by Arizona President Karen Fan on voting irregularities and probably fraud in Maricopa County during the 2020 presidential election, even the database was illegally deleted after the subpoena to produce the information. Yep, Senate President Fan has invited Maricopa County officials to a public hearing on May 18th to allow them the opportunity to try to explain what happened to the missing database, ballots, databases, ballots, and other significant issues. The fake news and lamestream media is doing everything they can not to cover this major story. They just refuse to talk or report about it. They don't want the United States or the world to see what's going on with our corrupt, uh, uh, our corrupt third world election. And then we have uh, where you can read the full letter. Of course, we have covered, we already, we have covered and read this to you guys. It's the one where she had her three points asking for advice on what happened uh, indeed to the routers, uh, to the data that's missing, to the ballot bags that were unsealed, to the registry of ballots that don't match the physical count, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, we'll see how that goes. And actually, that will bring us what? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look too good for them, does it? Now <laughs> he's like, yeesh. This is huge. Oh man. He's like, look at what they've done. Like, and I think that's more of a dang. They're busted. Anyways, I'm just projecting onto President Trump. It's fun to do that sometimes. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get straight into some Arizona news whilst we can. So uh, basically what happened over in Arizona is yesterday we had an emergency meeting from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do because they are pretty much, they pretty much have their gooses cooked, their geese. I don't know how you want to say that, but they're frying in the pan. And I don't think that I don't think that the water is uh, is uh, cooking them like a frog or lobster du jour. It's it's heating up pretty quickly. It's heating up pretty quickly for them. Let's go and take a look at some of the minutes from their meeting. Here we have, here we can see, we'll expand that just a little bit more. Um, it says here, the meeting was held with the following members attending Jack Sellers, who is the, uh, the Republican chairman, right? Uh, then you had, a. Uh, uh, Bill Gates, uh, (laughs) that's their Bill Gates, not our Bill Gates, Uh, among other people. I'm not going to go through that list of names. uh, But what it did say is Andrea Cummings, legal counsel, stated that the emergency was due to the need to get legal advice regarding the Senate seeking a hearing and press event on Tuesday, May 18th, to discuss unfounded allegations against the county. These allegations were brought by the inexperienced technology personnel with whom the Senate has contracted to review the election. These reckless allegations have and are causing confusion and agitation at the state legislature. Chairman Jack Sellers stated at the emergency executive session, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors may consider legal advice regarding recent communications and accusation from the Arizona Senate regarding the November 3rd, 2020 elections, and board responsibilities and authority, replying elections, election equipment and ballots, subpoena compliance, and litigation. Supervisor Clint Hickman made the motion for the board to convene in executive session. The motion was seconded by Supervisor Bill Gates. Motion carried unanimously. Eyes, Jack Sellers, Bill Gates, and Clint Hickman. So <clears throat> we see here that these guys—pardon me, getting a little choky here—we see that these guys are definitely, I think, in a panic. They're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do. Um, but I don't think I don't think much has come out of this yet, just yet, for them. Now uh, let's go ahead and get some quick updates. We're going to do two. First, we're going to have one from Dr. Kelly Ward, and then we're going to hear from um, a former Secretary of State, Ken Bennett, on what is going on. So let's go ahead and give them our attention, guys.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to America's Audit Update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I am your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. We have some extremely important and breaking news this morning coming directly from the Arizona Senate, which is conducting the forensic audit of some 2.1 million ballots cast in the 2020 election. Arizona Senate President Karen van in a stinging letter to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors has outlined serious discrepancies and irregularities uncovered by the audit that have the potential to open a thorough investigation of the mishandling of 2020 election ballots, data, and equipment, by Maricopa County officials. This news comes on top of a serious breach of voter identification information during the last election as reported by the new Maricopa County reporter, Stephen Richer. According to a letter sent to voters by Richer in November 2020, an individual accessed private voter IDs that should have been secured. Arizona Senate President Fan's letter outlines three serious issues she wants immediately addressed with the threat of legislative subpoena and further legal action if Maricopa County does not comply. One, ongoing noncompliance with the previous legislative subpoenas, which the courts have ruled valid and enforceable. In short, the Arizona Senate does not buy the county excuse that release of routers and passwords used in the election would endanger the lives of law enforcement or disclose sensitive health care information of voters. If true, Karen Fan, President Fan, calls the commingling of that information with election data an alarming indictment of the county's lax data security measures. She wants the Arizona Senate's experienced digital forensics firm to inspect and review virtual images of the election routers. Two, chain of custody and ballot organization anomalies, which the audit has uncovered, including omissions and inconsistencies in the handling and storage of the ballots. They include lack of chain of custody documentation, unsealed ballot storage bags, batch dividers missing, cut seals and boxes sealed only with regular old tape and not tamper resistant tape and potentially explosive news that the audit team has encountered serious discrepancies between the actual number of ballots in a batch and the total denoted in the accompanying paperwork. In most examples cited, there are fewer ballots than listed. That is disturbing news and the Arizona Senate and Arizona voters are going to want answers. We want answers. Number three, deleted databases. The audit has discovered entire database directories missing or deleted, suggesting critical information from the 2020 general election had been removed prior to Maricopa County complying with the Arizona Senate subpoena. If true, and there are no backups of these directories, we will be entering heretofore untested waters with the possibility of placing the validity of the entire 2020 election into question. The Arizona State Senate has has called for Maricopa County officials to address these issues at a live streamed meeting at the Arizona State Capitol on Tuesday, May 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. That will be something to watch. Stay tuned to our next report and we will have further details as we learn more. Thank you so much for joining us. Share this video, spread the word, and if you can help us out with a donation, please use the link below. See you soon.
0: Wow, guys! So, yeah, that was a lot said. I mean, she's basically recapping everything that has that is wrong, you know. And it's so interesting because they're doing this, you know, ballot audit, right? And, and they're doing this forensic audit of all the ballots. And I think Ken Bennett, as we're going to see in the next video, has said that they've done, they've uh, they've already processed five hundred thousand ballots. So that's quite impressive. And, you know, while they're not releasing official numbers on whether or not they found any type of discrepancies or fraudulent ballots, you know, they haven't they haven't given us those numbers because they're probably going to release them after uh, the audit is completely finished. Um, they have all of these other technical discrepancies that are coming up. And nobody's saying anything except for, you know, those who are in the audit and uh, the independent patriot media. You're not hearing anyone speak word one in regards to this audit. It's almost like it's not even happening. And, and you know, perhaps this pipeline thing over in uh, the southeastern states, maybe that's a false flag that's meant to distract people, you know, uh, because people are going to be much more concerned about buying toilet paper and, you know, peddling bags of gas. Don't know how that works. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, um, uh, instead of uh, considering what's going on over there, you know, and, and, you know, like when you think about it, like, you know, uh, you got Trump in Mar-a-Lago down in Florida. Uh, That was a state that was affected by this gas shortage. So who knows? These guys play dirty pool. So, um, you know, one can only speculate. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and take a listen now to uh, the former Secretary of State, Ken Bennett, who is the liaison between the audit and the Senate, um, and see what he had to say. And ah, he was going to do that. Oh, look at the baby and the puppies. Oh, look at that. Aren't they adorable? Okay, sorry, guys. Let's go ahead and close that out. and uh, this is Jordan Conrad
2: listen. with the Gateway Pundit here again with Mr. Ken Bennett after we received some shocking news yesterday. So, Mr. Bennett, do you have um, you mentioned yesterday that 333,000 ballots were completed. <laughs> Do you have any updates on that? I think yesterday I said that maybe somewhere between
3: 350 to 400,000 ballots have been uh, counted. So, even more. Uh, the way they're going through another couple of pallets in the last day or so, we might be approaching 500,000.
2: Awesome. All right. How many tables are up and running?
3: I heard there was more than any other day that we've had so far. I think it was uh, 29 or something like that. That's
2: good. And then Arizona Senate leader Karen Fan sent out a devastating letter to Chairman Jack Sellers uh, outlining some serious issues, which includes the deletion of the entire database for the 2020 general election. No, not the
3: entire database. There was a uh, directory. There was a directory among the information that they... That sent over to the Senate that appears to have been deleted. There, and the reason they knew that is that there were references to that directory and some of the other database databases that were sent. So it's not the entire database. I don't misunderstand. But it was the results tally reporting, correct? It would have included that, yes. just being human. So has Maricopa County
2: responded to the letter? Not to my
3: knowledge. Um, I think President Fan asked them to have representatives come and answer some of those questions at a hearing at the Senate next week. And so I hope they do that and help provide
2: some answers. All right. Do you know if this information was deleted before or after the subpoena? I don't know. All right. Um, have Maricopa County officials responded to Senate Leader Fan's concern regarding missing data? Not to my knowledge. I think that's going to.
3: That's the reason she's asking for them to come and present their mm-hmm. explanations or uh, answers at a hearing next week. The question All right. Have law enforcement been notified of this criminal act? No, it may not be a criminal act. So uh, if it was an inadvertent deletion or if the files are somewhere else, then maybe it was a deletion. But on the area where they could tell that this directory used to reside, it had been deleted from there and maybe there will be an explanation as to whether it's somewhere else. But they couldn't find evidence of that, and so
2: they want to get some answers from the county. Is the FBI looking into the, the county? Not to my knowledge. Um, Why not?
3: So, There's no allegation of a criminal out uh, yet. Um, so I don't think any
2: law enforcement um, resources have been notified. Okay. Can you tell us about the other issues you've seen regarding ballot chain of custody and anomalies in organization?
3: Well, we still don't have the chain of custody, the chain of custody documents that the county must have kept between when the ballots were put in the warehouse after the November election to when they were delivered to us on April twenty-second. Um, we know that one of the county officials tweeted out a picture of some of the ballot pallets being loaded in the back of a truck as though they were ready to deliver them to the Senate. And so we would like to see if their chain of custody documents between November and April include movement of the ballots like that. Uh, We have complete chain of custody from the day that they brought the ballots to us as while we've been holding the the ballots, but we're we're still looking for kind of the chain the chain of custody documentation between the election and April. Uh, the other thing that I think was in uh, President Fan's letter was that as we open a lot of the boxes, we have a kind of a subtotal sheet that says, "You know, below this is, is two hundred ballots that were part of a batch that Maricopa County counted." But a lot of times we're finding a variance. Um, usually it's small, two or three ballots. But I heard one was thirty-five. One was one hundred sixty-five ballots were present when cover sheet said that there should have been 200, but even a two or three ballots per 200 batch is significant because the election in Arizona was decided by two out of 800. So even if you have a one or two variance in a batch of 200 ballots, that's a significant variance in a race that was as close as two out of
2: 800. Right. And
0: then...
2: So the county has not provided any chain of custody documentation?
3: Not between the election and when they brought them to us at April, on April 22nd.
2: Do they have the documentation? I don't know. They haven't provided it, and I assume they haven't, but we're hopeful that they will provide it as was requested in the Senate subpoenas. So you're, you're going to be at the meeting on Tuesday, correct? Yes. What, what do you expect to accomplish and what questions do you have for Jack Sellers? And I'm, not gonna, officials? I'm not going to pre-announce the questions
3: I'm going to have, but right. uh, I'll be asking questions to help us get the ahead. answers to the questions that were in of the fans letter.
0: All right. Okay.
3: Thank you very much. Right, thank you.
0: All right, guys. So that's a uh, pretty good information right there coming from the horse's mouth himself. Uh, that's um. The chain of custody, guys, like there's a whole lot going on there um, and it's just a shame that no one else is reporting on it, but hopefully that will not be the case forever. Okay, guys, so uh, we also did have a bit of breaking news. Sorry, I didn't pull up my Arizona flag. Otherwise, I would have it right there instead of <laughs> we can just we can just expand this guy again. Here, let's let's there we go. How about that one? How about that one? That one? There we go. Okay. That looks better. Anyways. So, yep. Yeah, Ken Bennett there. Got, I mean, whoop. Ken Bennett there. <laughs> Gotta love him. Um, glad, uh, grateful for the work that he's doing. Um, okay. So, you know, the, the chain of custody. And then, of course, there's this big issue regarding, um, um, the passwords, uh, and the router information, which I mean, as they have explained, uh, you know, from Dr. Kelly Ward to other technicians, that uh the router information doesn't hold any any type of data that would be damning uh and then of course we had uh the George Soros sheriff uh just over there sheriff Penzoni trying to inflict fear into the hearts of people uh by saying that uh you know they they will uh release all their data health data social security numbers the way people voted uh, it's dangerous etc even with provisions being made on the side of the senate and the auditors to get that work done in a secure and safe and a, a manner that would respect the privacy of other people's voters. So they wouldn't have to worry about it, but you have a, uh, you have people like uh, Katie Schnobbs calling it uh, a fraud, it, et cetera, and, and just going on and on in that regard. So that is just something that uh, is no bueno, but in regards to the audit itself and also to the dominion machines, um, uh there's some really interesting information that's breaking. Uh, again, this was uh, uh, by the Gateway Pundit. Now, Dominion, you know, we've been wondering if they indeed have dominion over, you know, the electoral process in the United States. So, uh, regardless of whether or not, because we're seeing in places where Zuckerbucks were used, uh, to steal the phrase from Red Ant. I believe it was who said that, uh, you know, sh- bad short-term memory. Uh, but, uh, where they were concerned, they were actually the ones who were pretty much running the elections. Uh, you had people changing rules and, and going against, you know, municipal law as well as state law in that regard. But now we see about dominion. Uh, Dominion has actually officially released a statement in regards to the Maricopa County audit. And uh, they're basically slamming the Arizona forensic audit and the states uh, that the company will not release the passwords to the Maricopa voting machines. Now, you got to wonder about that, honestly, like why would the Dominion voting system even say such a thing, uh, and there what, from what I was reading earlier, you know, like uh, uh, Mister Mister Bennett and uh, Doctor Ward had been talking about uh, when the subpoenas were first being issued in regard to these machines. Like they were being told that they had the machines, you could come pick up the machines; they'll be on a dock for you. And then when I when they went over there, there was a lot of obfuscation in regards to getting these machines. Um, so that was something that you know, obviously something's going on here, right? But now you see that it was discovered that they didn't have admin pa- access, administrative access into these machines. Uh, and, and also that they had turned over as many passwords or all the passwords they had. So it's kind of like, all right, what's going on here? Because um, apparently uh, the county of Maricopa, the state of Arizona, does not have dominion over their own voting machines. Nay, indeed, it seems like their own election. The article said Dominion's voting systems released a very revealing statement on Thursday. The Denver-based company responded to the Arizona Senate's demand for passwords to ballot tabulators. Uh, So let's go ahead and take a look at that statement. We'll go ahead and get uh, uh, former Secretary of State Ken Bennett off. And here comes that statement. All right, guys, this is what we got for you. Uh, It says here from Dominion. Uh, Dominion voluntarily provides access to voting machine equipment and information to auditors who have been accredited by the United States Election Assistance Commission. We happily did so with the independent EAC accredited providers that Maricopa County hired for system auditing earlier this year. If Cyber Ninjas went through the process of successfully obtaining EAC accreditation, Dominion would, of course, cooperate as we do with all federally accredited uh, auditors. However, not only is Cyber Ninjas unaccredited, but they have also already demonstrated bias and incompetence, including committing a serious breach of the secure chain of custody. What secure chain of custody, right? They don't seem to have it. That protects voting equipment, which has been deemed by the United States government as critical infrastructure. Releasing Dominion's intellectual property to an unaccredited, biased, and plainly unreliable actor such as the Cyber Ninjas would be reckless, causing uh, irreparable damage to the commercial interests of the company and uh, election security interests of the country. No company should be compelled to participate in such an irresponsible act. And to that, guys, all I have to say is... Are you resisting a subpoena? Because basically that's what's happening here. Uh, they are resisting a subpoena. They are not following court orders. Uh, it, they already deemed to be valid and to be um, uh, to be followed. So uh, Dominion's really sticking their their nexa on the line, if you ask me, in this regard. And this letter is also very telling, very very telling about what direction this audit's going to go. Indeed, it's very telling about who actually has dominion over the Maricopa County elections in Arizona and maybe anywhere that the dominion machines were being utilized in the United States of America. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that's going to wrap up the Arizona Maricopa County updates that we have for today. And uh, we are actually going to be joined in just a few moments by um, Patrick Von Dolan. He is in the house And uh, we will have him here on just a moment. Let me go ahead and bring... Yeah, I think I just saw a a hand wave. Let me go ahead and there's Patrick himself uh, on our screen there. And then let me go ahead and see if Patrick is ready. If you guys wouldn't mind giving me just one moment. Oh, yeah, I think he is. Okay, let me go ahead and bring him on screen. All right, good afternoon, Patrick. Wait, where'd you go? There we go. How are you doing today, Patrick. Thanks for joining us. How are you,
4: Michael?
0: I'm doing great. Thank you. It's great to have you with us. Great to have you back on the Um, C-Report. We were very interested in talking to you since you, uh, you made it for the District 9 runoffs here in the City of San Antonio elections. We'd like to congratulate you on that effort there, sir. Thank you very much, and thank you for your help. Absolutely. Well, we're doing what we can, you know what I mean? We're a small outfit here, but, you know, I think every, every little bit helps. Um, so that was indeed very exciting to hear. Um, uh, of course, uh, just a quick recap on the San Antonio city elections. It was what, over 100,000 San Antonians uh, came out to vote uh, with almost half of them showing up on election day itself, which I think is quite heartening despite the weather. Do you remember? It was pretty rainy that day.
4: I, I survived the rain, the thunderstorm. So I was out in it the whole time and, and survived it. My incumbent opponent found it in himself to go home and, and be sheltered. And yet, the interesting was his, his wife and children, wife and grandchildren were out there when he went home. So I just think of the state of the situation where, a sad state where, um, he's, um, derelict in his duties as a city councilman and, 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 abandoned post from that standpoint. But, uh, he's a nice man. But, the um it's time for change city uh, City council district nine residents and voters uh went to the polls and they made a a decisive statement that they want change in the leadership and who serves them in district nine and he could not get over the over the bar Um, we did have five candidates in the race only three that were actively campaigning and the the other two of those five have endorsed me now um, trying to secure the other the other uh, person that's uh was on the ballot to endorse me, and I uh, made a made an attempt to call her, but uh, waiting on a phone call back but but the, nonetheless, the voters
0: uh, you said say that they want to change and who serves them at city council absolutely and and yeah, that's what I wanted to 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 get into it uh, with you about is uh kind of what you're facing moving forward, going into this runoff. Uh, we've mentioned your campaign a couple of times since here on the Sea Report, um, and and we know right now, you guys are looking for help as far as volunteers and maybe small donations and stuff like that. But give us an idea of exactly what you're facing, uh, uh, including your, your competitor, the incumbent, John Courage. And that's pretty crazy that he went home and his family was out there. That says a lot about John Courage. Doesn't sound like he's got a lot of courage, if you ask me.
4: <laughs> well, he, 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 um, he's an older gentleman and, and a nice man, but quite frankly, he votes um, with socialism and uh, he, uh, he does not represent the values uh, of district nine residents. And uh, for instance, freedom, um, he, he has voted against uh, freedom. He voted against, um, the, he voted with the mass mandate and, is not, and continues to promote the mass mandate. And then uh, he promoted and voted for with the employer paid sick leave in the city of San Antonio, back in August of 2018, mandating businesses with uh, 50 or more employees to, to mandating them to have employee paid sick leave, and I uh, believe in free markets. I believe in in competition. I believe that if people got back to work now, instead of taking the government uh, handouts and got back to work, there'd be enough competition in the in the amongst businesses for good employees that businesses on their own would have to would have to improve their own compensation packages instead of having the government mandate them. And so it's time, time to get back to basics in the city of San Antonio, and we have to get away from pet projects that my incumbent uh, opponent continues to, to support, like the Parish Climate Accord, like the local New Green Deal called the Climate Action Adaptation Plan. These two, these two decisions in, uh, to seek out uh, what they call green energy uh, has proven unreliable. And in the February freeze, a lot of people were freezing and some froze to death in San Antonio, and it's unconscionable, it's reprehensible that uh, those decisions directed CPS Energy in San Antonio to shut down an unpopular or polit- I should say politically incorrect uh, coal power plant called the JTD League Coal Power Plant and 14 years before it was scheduled to be poured down. That power plant alone would have powered 80,000 homes during the February freeze. And that's almost 20% of the residents in San Antonio, and, uh, that would have had power, it wouldn't have frozen. And C- CPS Energy, in, a, in their attempt to be green, um, sought out remedies like solar that had snow on top of them that can absorb any energy, and the, the limit it does anyway during the daytime. As we all know, the windmills are frozen, and yeah. they had to use they had to use petroleum lubrication to get to get them rolling again. And uh, so, it's quite hypocritical on on their part. But that politically incorrect power plant, the Dealey coal power plant, would have been very popular had it been operational uh, in the February freeze. We can't let anything like that happen again. Our quality of life has been dramatically impacted. Certainly, people uh, have have uh, endured. The pains of that freeze and then of course saws with their wa- San Antonio water system failed to deliver clean water and reliable water and partly because CPS energy do- failed to deliver power to those pumps to pump the water and so we have we have a situation where we've gone off the tracks as a city we're too focused on national ideologies particularly pro- progressive ones and we're not focused on the core services of San Antonio we have to get back to basics and and um they, they i get accused a lot by uh the local press you're you're making the you're you're bringing in national politics i said no actually i'm trying to get rid of national politics and get back to the basics of city government because you 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 want to bring in the Paris climate accord and the local new green deal and all these pet projects crosswalks remove our historical monuments and and defund the police and and uh mm-hmm. you're trying trying to cataclysmically change our society and so I'm actually trying to get back to
0: basics. It starts in our backyard, you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you bring up the whole national versus local kind of thing, because um, even though we've seen that uh, your competitor, John Courage uh, has sided with, you know, uh, uh, entities like BLM, you know, stand in solidarity with them. And and we know that he was in support of Prop B, which was defeated. Thank goodness, um, yes. Here in San Antonio, like uh, he's he's constantly said in in regards to and to reference to your character, uh, things like um, that you bring partisan politics and he stands nonpartisan, you know, and, and that there's there's a more efficient way to fix a pothole. He says so. We know that in District Nine, that was. <laughs> It's a pretty conservative, you know, district. Uh, apparently, um, Trump um, basically placed, did well in District 9. And yet this man here has continued to do, uh, uh, to, to get that, uh, get elected to that office. Uh, I'm just wondering yeah. what it is that, is it, is it just this, this simple talk about fixing potholes and, and fixing, you know, the cracks in the street that keeps getting him elected? Or, or what do you think is behind all that?
4: Well, I think politics is behind that Michael. He tells people what they want to hear, and that's what progressives do. They tell you what you, what they want you to hear, what, what you want to hear or what they think you want to hear, and then they go vote differently. He'll tell people he's he's their good neighbor or he's their neighbor in the community. But then he goes down and stabs them in the back when he does when he does his voting. And in and, and residents, voters are all, we all lead busy lives. They don't track his votes they have and mm-hmm. and um he, his votes are, are very socialistic and they go against go against the values of district nine and they just don't realize it and it hadn't hit them yet but they see it when they when you know when the city of san antonio bans Chick A from the san antonio airport and and things like that. that that's when they see that kind of stuff that hyper uh, when it's hyper centralized uh, um, and and they brought brought to attention so one of those you know different things like that that's why the february freeze was so exposing to the city of san antonio and their failures they've completely got away from the basics including risk management to where we had to go buy a billion dollars worth of natural gas to provide energy to people when we didn't have those we should have had those reserves on hand already and and i do that for a living i do financial planning for a living we do risk management and so we may we're going to bring that financial science back to city council and get back to basics so the other thing is (laughs) excuse me that John is, is not only he's made some smart votes, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, so he's made two particular smart votes um, that like on the Chick-fil-A ban and he mm-hmm. voted against the ban. But he knew what he was doing. He made a He, made, he knew it was going to pass. He knew the ban was going to pass and he voted against the ban so he could save his his rear end. And it worked in 2019. That's what saved him. Wow. However, what happened before that vote, the vote before that vote was another city council named Rebecca Villagran put forth a motion to table. And he voted against the motion to table because he wanted the ban vote to come up. Mm-hmm. So it's a detail that a lot of people don't understand. <laughs> the other thing the other thing they don't understand is he, he is right there with Robert Francis O'Rourke in mm-hmm. gun control. He's brought forth numerous gun control measures, gun buyback program in governance committee and he's brought these things forward to try to change our community and so he's the one that's bringing in national politics because this is a second amendment issue he's trying to get the city to dominate on the issue and and so what what do, what do progressives do michael they they project right what they what they're actually doing they project on other people right all the bad stuff that they do they just accuse what did, Biden, what did Biden do? He accused Trump of, of doing exactly what he actually is doing. Absolutely. And, and uh, not only is it lying, it's projection where you're, you're trying to displace what you actually do onto someone else. And so it, mm-hmm. it's a terrible, it's a terrible, it's a terrible evil. And yeah, so there, there's, no tr- there's no truth in advertising there in politics.
0: No, yeah, they, they are masters of projection, and uh, I'm glad you brought up Beto O'Rourke, so I'm going to pull up something on the screen because, uh, I, I mean, in regards to whether Beto actually had endorsed him or not, I know that uh, he uh, he has denied that for a fact, but uh, I found this, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, this, was, this was Beto O'Rourke's support. Because you know, uh, uh, our, um, uh the, like the San Antonio Current, of course. I mean, they're all libs, and they have some pretty—they have some pretty terrible uh, satire in that uh, that publication. But this here was vote for Prop B, Beta O'Rourke. So he was getting involved, and we know John Courage. You know, so I don't think that's too far to reach that they—they uh, they stand on the same it's side on, of the line. Yeah. Yeah, Beto Rourke said, I stand with the people of San Antonio who want to make sure that we support good police officers and protect the public by holding bad officers accountable. Uh, and of course, that was their pitch for Prop B, right? We shouldn't have to bargain for police accountability. It should be guaranteed. So, you know, that just goes to show and, and Beto is right, right up there with the worst of the progressive and communists. Uh, who are basically trying to overtake our city uh, and and actually the country as well. So I, I thought that was very interesting. And also in regards to Prop B, we also wanted to uh, congratulate you on the endorsement from the San Antonio Police Officers Association. Thank you. I think that is, that is, that says a lot. You know, that's not something that, uh, the SAP DOA does quite often. Uh, yeah. and so I, I, just, I, do hope that that goes to, um, to support your campaign as I'm sure that it will. Um, looking forward, um, from there, um, what can we do? What can my, what can viewers do, uh, to help support your campaign? I know this is local, um, about, but what parameters do, you, are we working with here that we can lend you that support?
4: Well, thank you very much for asking that question. Real quick on, on Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, his quote yeah. is even inaccurate. It's a lie in itself, and he knows better. Proposition B had nothing to do with accountability. It had everything to do with defunding the police by disbanding their collective bargaining. There it goes back to, to lying in politics and that you can't trust people. That's a different, huge difference between my incumbent opponent myself. I'm, I, try, I strive to be very transparent. You might not like what I have to say, but you're going to know what I, what I feel and think about it, and, and you'll know exactly where I stand. And John, he just tells you what he want, what you want to hear. So, uh, the, uh, so it's a big difference. And just for people who are listening who just want, you might know somebody who's middle of the road and goes, well, Patrick's too conservative for me. But wouldn't it be great to have somebody who has integrity and, and will tell you exactly what they're thinking and feeling, will actually represent you uh, from city council, it won't act like a city employee, whereas my incumbent opponent wouldn't give a stance on Proposition A or B and publicly. He gave some, some private ones, but publicly he wouldn't take a stand. He took the city's uh, legal counsel and said, don't make a comment. Well, I will never do that. I'm, I'm, I'm running to be a public servant to represent my constituents, not represent the city management. And, you know, I think that's a huge distinction for whether you're conservative or moderate, even, even left, if you haven't been watching this, that, that I'm striving to do what's good for the individual and good for the community. So how can you help, uh, the city, of San Antonio, is the heart of Texas, and we all know when, how Texas goes, the nation's going to go. And I would tell you how San Antonio goes, Texas is gonna go. So it's very important. It, it, it's not, i uh, say it's the most important thing going on in Texas right now, other than some things in the Texas legislature. And uh, my race, it is getting national attention. And I appreciate bringing more attention to it. And uh, so that people can go to votepatrick.org, votepatrick.org and find out more information. Uh, certainly we, we need prayer, uh, lots of prayers We need uh, to be effective. And communicate the message. Uh, the local news doesn't like me, and we had a, a, a hit piece. A hit piece is going to come out on this very soon after an interview we had earlier, because uh, they don't like um, my stance on uh, family and freedom, as, I, as I'd say it. But um, the uh, so votepatrick.org, You can volunteer there. You can you can sign up to receive our communications. You can share it with other people. Let people know that there's a runoff election because I've gotten people say, "Oh, I'm so sorry you lost." Uh, and then another person say, I'm so sorry. I'm so excited you won. And I said, it, well, it's neither. I, I'm a runoff. And, and uh, I need you, and I need your vote again. And uh, so Saturday, June 4th, the first Saturday in June is, is the runoff election date. And yes, I, I, I vote on election day too. I think most voters are very concerned about election integrity. And I think we've learned that they have less chance of messing with our votes, manipulating our votes. We vote on election day. Plus, it's more exciting. But uh, early voting does begin on May 24th and goes through June 1st, and then and then uh, election day, Saturday, June, June 5th. Uh, I need I need lots of money. And um, uh, with those prayers and volunteering and, and sharing the news, uh, we're trying to raise $87,000 in a short amount of time. And the real catcher is people that can give $500 uh, or more are prevented, and they can only give $500 per person 18 years and older who is a US citizen. So that's mm-hmm. the city, city campaign finance law requirement. And, um it's maximum five hundred dollars per person, but we'll take five dollars uh, it's a five day five dollar Friday as one of my campaign volunteers is, is putting out there today five dollar friday every every contribution will be appreciated if everybody in the state of Texas that was listening to your or throughout the country listening to your pot- your podcast here uh would get five dollars. Uh, we, we, we would make multiple thousands of dollars, I'm sure, and, and um, so every $5 helps, and you can find that donation link at votepatrick.org, and, and um, we we do have phone banking. Uh, we can do it from anywhere. If you're interested in that, you can contact us through the website. So there, there's lots of ways to help because helping in San Antonio will help Texas, and Texas will help preserve the freedom of the United States of America.
0: Yep, Texas is leading uh, the way on many issues. Awesome, Patrick. Well, very good, very good. We're already at the close of our show. I'm glad we got to speak to you for a little bit. Um, and and I mean, uh, plenty of good information. Uh, we just really wanted to follow up on this runoff campaign and race, uh, because we need to get a conservative on the city council in San Antonio, partisan or not. We need to yeah. get a conservative there to bring accountability back. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to say before we wrap up the show today, sir?
4: I'd just like to say thank you. I greatly appreciate your help and support and uh, everybody who's listening um, for your prayers and, and whatever you can do to, to help spread the word, to get out the vote, and to support my campaign at Patrick.org. Thank you very much.
0: All right, Patrick. We'll we'll definitely see if we can get you back on if you have some time. I know you're super busy right now, um, but if anything else further develops, just let us know or I'll get in touch with Dinah and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Okay? Yeah, great. Have a great weekend. You have a great weekend, Patrick, and and best of luck. I'm sure it's a fight we'll be with you with.
4: Absolutely. May God bless
0: Texas. God bless Texas. Thank you, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Patrick Von Dolan. Let me go ahead and bring him back onto the screen. All right, so you heard it. uh, Vote Patrick Von org actually I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that one up myself so this way you guys can go and see it that's exciting that's exciting and, and that just goes to show you um, um, what is going how how we can bring back von Dolan it's not coming up how uh, we can bring back some accountability and how it starts in our backyard, you know, and, and that's the best way to do it. Um, if you can find a candidate or, uh, someone who's running in your, uh, city or township, whatever it may happen to be, um, we'll be with the strength of our backyard. I like to say, um, um fortified, uh, we can go ahead and move forward with the elections uh and, and and maybe even securing them on a, a national level. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it very much. Quick updates and everything that was going on. It was quite a good one. Um, and we'll go ahead and call it a wrap there. Uh the C will the C report will be back on Monday, uh, 4 p.m. Texas time, 5 p.m. Trump time, and uh, we will also have the Q and A holes podcast coming to you live for our 300th episode, uh, which will be uh, tomorrow um, at 9 p.m. Trump time. So do make sure that you uh, tune in if you'd like to see what shenanigans will be up to this time. And uh, I don't know, hopefully there's cake because, you know, I always like to have some cake on events like this. All right, guys, we'll see you next week on the Sea Report. Uh, Till then, have a great afternoon, great evening, good night, uh, or good morning, wherever it is that you are in the world today. Take care, y'all.